1 Corinthians 16. We're going to read verse 13. It says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. I like that phrase it uses there, quit you like men. What do you think quit you like men means? I think it means don't quit personally. Or, you know, quit, you quit when the job's done. You know, that's just kind of, that's, that's attitude we ought to have. Is this that, you know, hey, quitting is not an option. Boy, you know, we live in a society today in a day and age where manliness is just gone out the window. I mean, all the girly men and stuff that are out there today, it just absolutely drives me crazy. And, you know, you talk to folks and, Especially young people these days. I don't know if it's all these teenage shows that they're watching and stuff that feature so many homosexual characters and things, but just the way they talk to you, I mean, it kind of scares you a little bit. And it's just being feminine now for guys is is almost cool. And let me tell you, I have I have nothing against women. I think feminine is great for females, and being ladylike is great for ladies. And dressing girly, looking girly is great. For ladies, but not for guys. And not only has this, like I said, I'm not putting down females, okay? Lord knows we need them. God created you for uh, specific purposes, and I mean, you are equal with men, but different. And it's the way it's supposed, it is the way it is supposed to be. But uh, this idea of manliness is becoming very, it's becoming very foreign. And we live in a society that promotes, you know, guys being girly and girls being manly. And, you know, there's plenty of things in the Bible that it specifies, you know, this is for women and other things about it that this is for men. I mean, it's just very clear. One of the things it says here, it says, quit you like men. Be strong. It's, uh, you know, there, and, uh, tonight I just want to, I really encourage everybody not to quit. You know, you never know when somebody's about ready to give up and about ready to quit. I'm guessing that probably everybody in here has been in a place in their life at some point where they just felt like giving up and just saying, you know what, I quit. I'm done. I'm tired of it all. I quit. I give up. And there are several reasons that people quit. And we need to look at what the Bible says about these things and make sure that we don't do it, that we continue on with what we do, that we keep on going. We just, I mean, just that attitude of just continuing to get up, to continue to just keep plugging away, to keep on keeping on. All those things that you hear, it is so important because so many times people, I believe that they give up, it's usually right before the big victory. I mean, they just had to hang on a little, little bit longer and they'd be okay. My dad always uses this example of somebody, they're digging for a buried treasure. And they're digging and digging and digging. And finally, they just get tired of digging. And they give up. Lay the shovel down. And then all of a sudden, somebody else comes along and they stick the shovel in the ground one more time. And they hit the treasure chest. I think that's what happens with a lot of people because they give up. And one of the reasons I believe that people quit is just one, in their mind, it gets too hard. It, it, it gets hard. You know, nobody wants to really quit things that are easy. 
Really, that's anytime we're going to quit something, it's going to be because it's hard. We're, we're give up. We're tired. We're wore out. We're finished. And really, I can't really means I won't. A lot of times, the problem is we just don't want to do the right thing. Well, you know, things are getting hard in my marriage, and I, I just, I can't do it anymore. Or are you sure it's that you can't do it anymore, or you won't do it anymore? Are you sure you just given up, or maybe think my job is just I just I can't do it anymore? Are you sure it's I can't, or is it I won't? A lot of times we can keep on going, we can keep on trying. I remember, you know, sometimes in school, uh, you know, there'd be kids during PE, you know, they're out there running around, and you know, I'd, sometimes I'd like to you know push them a little bit, and you'd see them out there, and boy, they're just they're giving up. You know, they're supposed to be running laps, and they're walking. And they're just walking. And some of the kids, they'd just be walking and they're, they're not even breathing heavy. I'm like, you need to run. I can't. I'm out of breath. It's like, you're not out of breath. You're, you're not even breathing heavy. So if you're going to quit, I want to see, I want to see a, you know, gasping for air and crawling on the ground. I mean, you know, don't quit until you're about to die. And they're just, they're just relaxed. Not even trying. You know, some of the kids, they'd come back, they'd walk the whole thing. And they come back and they haven't even broke a sweat. You got others, you know, that there's some there were sometimes there were kids that they couldn't run a whole lot, but they came back sweaty. You could tell they put the effort there, but a lot of them just gave up. It's it's hard. And it's like, hey, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And you know, this one of the statements you probably heard before, the only place where success comes becomes before work is in the dictionary. If you're gonna succeed in life, you're gonna to have to do some hard things. You're going to have to do some stuff that's difficult. And God sometimes asks for asks for difficult things from us. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22 says, "And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake." How many enjoy being hated? That's no fun. Hey, it you know what? It is hard being hated for his sake. Can you imagine at you know if somebody hated you because uh, you know, Samuel, let's say somebody hates you because you are a Manez, and they just hate your family. Well, what am I supposed to do? You can't change who your parents are. You can't change your family. You don't pick those things. And here I am automatically hated because of my name. Or somebody being hated, maybe because of their race. Hey, what am I supposed I was born this way. I can't. Change that. You're going to hate me because of the color of my skin or because of where I was born. That kind of thing. That's not easy. But imagine, you know, as hard as those things would be, it would be, I think, a little easier to get past those things because you could simply, I mean, if somebody hates me because I'm a McMurtry, well, it's not really my fault. I can't help where I was born, I can't help who my parents are. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like the fact they hate my parents. But you know, I'm probably not going to feel real guilty if somebody hated me because of my race or because I'm an American. And there's you know people out there that in other countries that hate Americans. You know, I'm not going to feel too bad about that because I didn't pick which country I was born in, and I personally don't think you know it matters the color of skin and things. So you know, I'm not going to get all mad. Because somebody doesn't like me because of my race, I'm not going to go protesting him, and I'm not going to go calling Jesse Jackson and trying to get him to do a march around that person's house. I really don't care. That's not going to make that's not going to make me feel 
too bad. It's not going to make me feel guilty. But you know, one thing that's different about being hated for the cause of Christ, all those other things, it's real easy to say, nothing I can do about it. When it comes to being hated for the cause of Christ, that is a choice that we make. We choose to follow Christ. You know, we choose, uh, we choose to love Christ. We choose to go to church. We choose our religion. We choose all those things. And there is, there have been times in history and even some places today, and there are going to be some times in the future where just because you are a Christian, people are going to want to kill you. And you know what? During those times, you could easily say, fine, I renounce Christ. I'm not a Christian. And you know what? They won't hate you anymore. In fact, they'll love you. Today, I mean, if you are somebody, you know, everybody loves the person that used to be something to switch. Well, I used to be a Baptist. I used to want to go go to one of them cultic IFB churches. But you know, I saw the light. Well, you'll get all kinds of attention. I mean, people will love you for that. Uh, you know, I used to be a Republican, but I learned my lesson to switch to Democrat or vice versa. And then, boy, the people on the other side they're going to they're going to love you for that, and they're going to love you too if you renounce Christ. But and there's going to be many people that may. Uh, decide to try to cover it up. Maybe people who aren't really saved that are going to give up at that time. And Jesus said, but you're going to be hated of all men for My name's sake. But then He said, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. And that passage there, it's not saying if you endure, you're going to gain salvation. Because you know you don't, or you don't earn salvation. What that's saying though is the ones who endure to the end, they are saved. There, these people, then there's going to be people during those days when, uh, you know, the choice is, hey, take the mark of the beast or die. That they will die. How do they, I don't know how, if I would have the courage to do that. If you're saved, you will. God will give you the courage to do that. I don't know, I think I would give up. Listen, if you're saved, you will be able to endure those things. God may ask us to go through some very difficult times, and we don't ever want to say, I quit just because it gets hard. I, I personally think that uh, you know today's day and age we live in, it's pretty easy to be a Christian. Nobody's trying to kill us for the most part. I mean, you might get laughed at, and that's not fun for sure. But boy, you know, I'd rather get laughed at than shot or my head cut off. I remember when we were over in Jordan, uh, in the country of Jordan, we went to visited this one place, this large, the ruins of this large castle from way back in the day when Muslims were kind of terrorizing the world, kind of like today, I guess. (laughs) But um, they would go and they had this. We went to this one spot where there was this huge wall that dropped off super far. I don't remember how many feet it was, but they said that they would uh, they would blindfold these Christians and they would take them, they would push them over the edge. Just kill them all, just all the time. I stood in the spot where Christians used to stand and get pushed over the cliff, just because they were Christians. And that I guarantee you, that wasn't easy. I guarantee you that that was hard. But we need to always remember that God will never put you through more than you can handle. And it might it might get hard. It might feel unbearable. What you're going, maybe even what you're going through now might seem impossible. But let me, God will not put you through more than you can handle. First Corinthians ten thirteen. There hath no temptation taken you, but 
such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. I think about that passage there. God said He'll make a way of escape so you'll be able to bear it. What about all those Christians that you were just telling us about? They got pushed over the cliff. Doesn't sound like they escaped. Well, you better believe they escaped. They, their Christianity was so real that they were able to die for their faith. That's not an escape. Yeah, it is. I mean, that I mean to be martyred for the cause of Christ. God's going to take care of those people. We talked about that when we were going through the book of Revelation. That it was God that gave them the ability to do that. It was God that gave them the way of escape. What was the way of escape? The strength to do the right thing in the face of death. They still did it. They still managed to do that. People who were tortured and just, I mean, died in horrible ways. God gave them the strength to do it. They didn't give up. They didn't quit. Why? Because these people we're saved. And let me tell you, when we say it gets too hard, boy, I think it's good to think about some of the things our forefathers have gone through. There's been some horrible things that they've had to go through. And you know, we might have to go through some pretty horrible things and through some hard times. But don't quit just because it gets too hard. Because I don't know if you've noticed this. And this is another message. I don't know if I've preached this one here before. If not, I need I need to one of these days. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the truth is, you want to know hard. You go, just check out what's going on in the world sometime. You'll get to know some of the people that are living in lives of sin. And you go ask me, you see if you want to switch places with them. They get to do whatever they want. Yeah, and look how happy it's made them. Look what it's accomplished in their lives. I would not trade places with them. There is absolutely no way. I don't, and I don't know why people keep thinking that it's easier to not be a Christian. It's not. And, but it gets hard. I quit. Another reason many people quit is because of past failures. It's real easy to kind of get to looking at our track record, get to looking at the past, thinking about all the times we've messed up, all the times we've made mistakes, and say, you know what? I'm hopeless. I'm pointless. Sometimes, you know, we like to have these pity parties and just, you know, feel sorry for ourselves for being so sorry. It's kind of almost therapeutic sometimes, I think, for some people. And, but past failures, it stops a lot of, it gets a lot of people to quit. You know what? Everything else I've ever tried in life, I gave up on, I quit, so I might as well quit this too. Well, listen, just because you messed up in the past doesn't mean you have to mess up right now. You don't ever have to quit. Proverbs 24.16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. If a just man falls seven times, hey, I mean, basically what that's saying is even a just person, they're going to mess up. They're going to have failures. They're going to have mistakes. But the just man, he falls seven times because he keeps getting back up. If he just... You know, you know how you can only fall down one time? Just fall down and just don't ever get up again. Just give up. You'll be done. You know, you want to go get in a boxing match and not get beat up too bad? Just fall down on the first punch. And don't don't get up after that. I've seen some of the way these guys fight. I think I'd be down after the first punch. But hey, but then you don't get the thrill of the victory. I mean, you see some of these guys. I mean, they get done with some of these battles and they're all bloody and bruised and 
And they're excited. Because they won the fight. It's like, man, you're stupid. You just got the snot beat out of you. And yeah, maybe the other guy's beat up a little worse, but who cares? <laughs> you know, Look at you. And, but hey, apparently there's a thrill in that. And too many times, people, they get to looking at their track record, look at the past, and they say, forget it. And they just automatically quit. Can't, can't do that. You know, God can bless you in spite of your past. It doesn't matter. The failures you've had, don't, don't focus on those. Focus on now and just what needs to be different this time is just when you mess up, when you totally fall flat on your face, you don't give up. You don't quit. You just keep on going. You keep on plugging away. Another reason people quit is it kind of goes along with this past failure, but also it's the fear. It's that fear of future failures. Now, you don't have to raise your hand before, but I wonder how many people in here have had some failures before. I wonder how many of you, when you think about those past failures, it gives you a good feeling inside. And get you just get excited thinking about those failures. I mean, they're the first story you tell. When you tell somebody about you, hey, if I... Tell us a story about you. We want to get to know you. Well, let me tell you. You know, when I was, you know, when I was a kid, I flunked out of kindergarten. Never made it any farther. Well, who wants to talk about that? You know, you want to hide those things, don't you? Nobody likes talking about about their past their past failures. It doesn't give you a good feeling. I mean, you think about the worst failure in your life and just all the pain that it caused and all the grief that when you think about it, sometimes people. They're so scared of that pain, they never try anything else. They they just that past failure, uh, it, or that fear of, another, of of it happening again, just stops them dead in their tracks. Maybe they tried something in church. Maybe they tried. I mean, teaching a Sunday school class, and it was just a miserable failure. I mean, those kids, they just uh, they tied you up in a chair, and you know, play, you know, just I mean, did who knows what, and you just. No, I was a miserable failure. I messed it up. I don't want to go through that again. But we've heard statements by Teddy Roosevelt, I believe was the one that started. It's better to have tried and failed than to never have tried at all. You know, the truth is, somebody who has a lot of failures that they could talk about is somebody that's tried a lot of things. And you know, there are some people that never really try anything. Brother Jack Parchman, I refer to all the time. I heard him say this one time, and I, I I liked it when I heard it. I wrote it down. I don't know if he was the one that came up with this, but he said, "I would rather try my best to do something for God and only be successful half of the time than to try to do nothing and be successful all of the time." I thought I thought that's good because you know I can't think about a lot of things I've tried in the past that were total failures that didn't turn out very good. But I can also think of some things that I tried that did turn out okay. So, the truth is though, as much as I don't like thinking about those failures, I do enjoy thinking about the successes. But if I would have quit after the first failure, I'd have never had the successes. And the truth is, most of us, if we're honest, we've probably had more failures than we've had successes. And for somebody to just never do anything, then really the whole life was a failure. And so it's okay to try something. It's okay to go ahead and experiment with some things. I mean, you know, 
and that's some of the things we're doing around here. You know, we're they're kind of in experimental stages. Hey, let's just let's try this. Let's see if it works. And hey, if it fails, we'll learn from it. If it succeeds, hallelujah. But I mean, just imagine if we're like, if we just if we just never tried anything as a church, we, there's no way we'd ever grow. Well, you know, when we first started, we just had Sunday morning service. What if we just said, you know, ah, I don't know if we want to try Sunday school. What if not very many people come? What if, you know, nobody likes it? You know, hey, we just did it. You know, Sunday nights. Well, you know, not as many people come on Sunday nights. Let's, we don't want to deal with the discouragement or the disappointment of it not being a huge success. And you know what? I believe there's going to come a day where that's going to, that's going to be our main, main thing, most exciting service of the week. And you know, and, but if we, if we're so afraid of a failure, we're never going to enjoy some of the, really the best things that there are to enjoy. And too many times, people, that fear of a future failure stops them and they quit. They give up. Or they, really, if you don't try at all, then in my book, you still quit. If God calls you to do something, if God says, hey, you need to do something, Right there, that day, you've begun a journey. And if you don't ever do anything about it, you quit. You quit on the first day. You quit before you even had a chance to start. Don't do that. Don't fail. You know, don't fail at the last minute. We did a video skit one time with and my brother-in-law when he was in the youth group. He was a teenager at the time. We did this skit and just trying to be funny. We got on video where they were doing these races and he kept quitting in every race. And on one of the races, he's doing a sprint and he's in the lead and it gets to the end and he just, the finish line's right there and he just stops, breathing heavy. And I'm the coach, I'm yelling, it's like, hey, you need to go just a little farther. And he quit. He's like, I can't. I go, I'm out of breath. And he's just like, it's too far. It's like, and then he gets mad, turns around and walks the other way. And that's how people are sometimes. They just quit right at the last second. Every, every single race, he quit. And on the very last race, they're, they're, they're doing a mile run. And he's kind of in the lead at first, and in each lap, he's getting a little farther behind. And at the very end, everybody passes him up. And he's about ready to come in last. And I told everybody, I just want everybody to finish this race. And then he, since he was in last place, he just stopped. He quit. He only had a little farther to go. He's quitting. He's like, no, I'm not coming in last. Gave up. Man, it's just quitting. It's such, it's such a horrible thing. You just, you gotta keep on going. And that, uh, you know, in the marathon, you know, we heard about the big Boston marathon. Folks who run those, I mean, uh, it, the goal of pretty much everybody that runs those, it's not really to be first place. Cause that's very, very difficult. 20, is it 26.2 miles, I think? I think 26.2. You know what their goal is? I just want to finish. So they'll say, I just want to finish. I just want to do the whole thing. I don't care how long it takes. And when they finish it, it's a great feeling. I mean, that whole time, they're focused on just finishing. I saw on one of the videos of that bombing, some of the people, even after the thing blew up, they still kept running. Because the finish line was right there. They couldn't quit right at the end. It didn't matter that a bomb just went off. They were going to finish. They were, they were talking about one lady. I didn't see this one. I heard them talking about the radio. This one lady, the bomb blows up, and she goes and goes ahead and finishes the race. And the first thing she does is she looks at her watch. It's like, why would you be doing that? You know, I mean, a bomb just went off. There was just a terrorist attack. I'll tell you why. Because for the last four hours, she was thinking about absolutely nothing 
but finishing that race. And even though a bomb just went off, even though there was a terror attack, even if ever though everybody would have understood it, she'd have stopped dead in her tracks right there. That was impossible. She was too focused on finishing and wanting to know how she did. And that's how it ought to be. Nothing ought, nothing ought to distract us. Nothing should stop us. But another reason people quit many times is the excuse is everyone thinks I will fail. Boy, don't you love that when you go to try something and you're like, hey, you know, maybe you tell your friends, hey, I think I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start doing this. Uh, good luck with that. I don't think that's gonna work. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go on a diet. Uh, yeah, this one's not gonna work either. Boy, isn't that encouraging? Ah, uh, you're gonna fall flat in your face. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna try out for this sport. Oh, you'll be lucky if you even make the team. But that's no fun, is it? You know, nobody nobody likes that. That doesn't make anybody feel good. And it's tough too because you know. And then once somebody says that, they are kind of invested in you failing. You know, if you predict that somebody's gonna fail at something, well, we all hate being wrong, don't we? And so if you go to that person, they say, you know, I think you're going to fail. I think you're going to fall flat on your face. I think you're going to stink. Well, then you know they're going to be watching you. And that, that extra pressure of people watching you sometimes can be intimidating. And I've heard people say this before. Well, nobody thinks I can do it. Everybody thinks I stink at this. Everybody, you know, thinks I can't do it. Prove them wrong. You know, prove, you know, or better yet, just don't worry about what they think. So what if they're right? At least you try it. If God wants you to try this, try it. At least do it, fail, and learn from the experience. And then the truth is, you've not really failed at all. And you know, not everything we do in life is going to be a success. And the truth is, it's God that calls us to a task and not man. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 1-6. through 6, uh, The children of Israel, God is allowed them to go and rebuild uh, their temple and fix it up. It was a mess. It was a horrible sight. And to rebuild the walls. And in verse in Nehemiah 4, verse two, uh, 1 says, But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Why would Sanballat care that the Jews were rebuilding their city and rebuilding the walls? You know what? He didn't want to see them succeed. You know, many times people don't want to see you succeed because it will make them feel more like a failure, especially if, if you're trying to accomplish something that they failed to accomplish. And so you know what they do sometimes? They'll mock you. They'll make fun of you. They want to discourage you. Verse 2, And he spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Well, they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which we which we are burned. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him. He said, "Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall." Hear, O God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity. So, can you imagine if Nehemiah would have heard that and said, "Well, forget it now." Tobias said, if we build something and a fox runs up, it's going to fall down. I quit. I give up. No, he didn't do that. He just called a guy and the guy said, cover not their iniquity. Let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So we built the wall. And the wall was joined together under the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. And they did the work. And they finished it. And you know, during that time, 
They had to have people while they were working. They had pretty much they had to have a weapon in one hand, and they had to have a shovel in another hand, and they had to have people watching because there was these people. They were determined to see them fail. They were going to do everything they could to stop them from succeeding in building the wall, and they had to be ready to work, and they had to be ready to fight. They had all kinds of excuses, but they kept on going. They didn't quit, and they succeeded. They got it done. They did what they were supposed to do, but they they got they had, they received quite a bit of mocking and and I'm sure it was that they even though they did the right thing I guarantee it made them feel bad I guarantee you it was discouraging and it does hurt when you're trying to do something you're trying to do right and everybody's acting like you're going to fail and everybody's act thinking there's no way you can do it and it is it's encouraging when you have people that are motivating you hey I know you can do it I mean, Matt, when you're running a race or playing in a ball game, you hear the people, hey, you can do it. Just cheering you on. That kind of thing helps, doesn't it? But we ought, either way, we ought to do it. Because you're going to have those times in life where folks are cheering you on, but you're going to also have those times where they're saying, just give up. Just quit. Don't even try. I was at a talent show one time in, in the public school back in LaSalle. These girls were up there and they were trying to do something. They were forgetting their lines and messing up. They were having these long pauses. And uh, a young lady that was in the audience who, I, you know, I hate to judge, but looked like she'd done her fair share of drug, drugs pretty recently. She's sitting there, and I guess it was her younger sister that was down there. And, and it's just kind of getting real quiet. And people don't really know how to respond because they kind of feel sorry for them because they're, they're messing up terrible. And she yells the girl's name out, just like, just sit down and stop it. And said the girl's name. And oh my goodness, you should have seen the death stare she got from the crowd. Oh, it was brutal. I mean, but it, it was terrible. I was like, how could you do that? Hey, these girls are trying. Encourage them. Don't be yelling at them to quit. I mean, good. And you could tell this lady had given up on life a long time ago. <laughs> it was just, it was, it was pretty sad. But that kind of thing will stop people sometimes. Don't let it stop you. Even if you got somebody in the audience screaming at you to just give up and just quit, don't quit. And then the last one, this that thing that stops people and gets them to quit, is the fear that they might I might get hurt. Second Corinthians chapter four verse eight says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our bodies. It was like we're troubled, but not distressed. We're perplexed. We're not in despair. Not giving up. Listen, there's always a chance of getting hurt in a battle. But we ought to be willing as Christians to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You know, imagine if you went and you know we're talking to uh, or, you know, and there's probably a lot of people like this, but imagine a soldier that signs up for the military but refuses to go do any battle. Refute. Hey, listen, you sign up for that. There's a chance you might get hurt. You don't have to want to get hurt. I wouldn't want to get hurt. <laughs> but hey, that's you ought to be willing to do that. You ought to be willing to 
go through somebody. Listen, you, I mean, you fall in love with somebody, get married, there's a good chance you might get hurt. You might get your heart broken. It, you never know. But sometimes you got to take that chance. If you decide to do something for God, you might get hurt. Let me tell you, sometimes there's things in the ministry that can happen that they hurt you. Spiritually, they hurt you emotionally. But you got to be willing to put yourself out there sometime and say, you know what? I might get hurt, but that's okay. My body, my life belongs to God. And even if this kills me, I'm going to do it. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to suffer maybe financial loss. I'm willing to suffer physical loss. This life that I had, it belongs to God. It's all His. And I'm willing to take whatever comes. Listen, I, uh, you know, I don't want to lose everything that I have. I don't want to, I don't want the ministry to kill me. I don't want that. I don't want, I don't, I don't want to die right now, but I should always be willing to do that. So while, you know, that, this, you know, being a pastor, it's gonna, it's just gonna be too stressful. I quit. No, hey, will I be willing to put up with some stress? Will I be willing to put up with some things? Hey, listen, even even being a parent, hey, you got that. That's tough sometimes. You know what? My kids, they might all decide to grow up and say, you know what, Dad, we hate you. We are gonna, you know, I might have one that wants to be an atheist, another one that wants to be a Jehovah's Witness, another one that wants to be a Democrat. You know, I mean, who knows? I might have all that happen. And you know what? Back when me and my wife got married, we just said, you know what? Hey, kids sometimes break your heart. Let's not have any. Hey, then we'd have missed out on some great things. And that could happen. And many people do the oh, kids, man, they they bring a lot of financial hardships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're expensive. But you know what? It's worth it. And the truth is. You know, there's some people out there, they are so, maybe a parent who's lost a child, uh, maybe they've had one die, they're almost scared to have another one because they're so scared of facing that loss. And while it would be horrible to face that loss, I mean, I've, I've seen parents who've lost their kids. I've never experienced it, but I just, I can't imagine. You know, Pastor I know down in Georgia just lost a little girl, not even two years old. To leukemia. What a sad thing that was to see that. But you know what? I will bet as tough as that was losing her, if you asked him or any of these other parents who have suffered that kind of loss, if they, if you could say, hey, listen, what if you could go back and we could change it where you just never had them at all? If you never had them, you wouldn't have the pain. But then they'd have never had all the joy too. The reason there's that pain of loss was because you had something that was so wonderful and it was so great. Uh, you know, maybe somebody's wife dies. They were married too for a long time. What if you could just go back and you never knew her? You never got married. Would that be better? Well, absolutely not. I wouldn't trade those years for anything. Well, sometimes it's easier said than done. Be like Job. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Be willing to understand that everything you do have, it did come from, it, it was a gift from God, and so if He chooses to take it, 
That's okay. I might get hurt. Oh well. This is what God wants. You don't have to enjoy getting hurt. You don't have to ask to get hurt. Listen, I don't like pain. These stupid games that teenagers want to play where they smack each other and bruise each other up and just, you know, just to see who's the toughest. I'm not into that stuff. I never was. I don't like pain. I'm not going to volunteer to, to get hurt. But I will volunteer to do what God wants me to do and take a chance that I might get hurt. Because if I get hurt for the cause of Christ, well, then the Lord can heal me. If I get, if I get crippled up doing something for God, you know, the Lord can carry me through that. That's, okay, whatever, whatever happens, I'm not going to quit. You know, in criticism, it hurts. You know, a statement I read one time, everyone saw a reading statement I like, I'll write it down. One I heard, the best way to avoid criticism, how many, how many would just like to not get criticized ever? Right, we all, I mean, criticism, uh, sometimes we need it, it's good, but we still don't like it. But the best way to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. You know, I feel sorry. That's like I said, politicians. I criticize them as much as anybody, but every once in a while I have to stop and say, you know what? I've never ran for office. At least they're trying, I guess. And boy, those people, man, they, I mean, presidents, oh my goodness, I just, I can't even imagine. I mean, the criticism that those people get. I mean, and. And the truth is, while I, I do my fair share and I feel like I have the right because I vote, while I do my fair share of it, if they, if that president would say to me, President Obama came and said, you can have my job if you want it. You know, I would probably say, okay. And then I would get a good vice president and then quit. <laughs> and just totally once again, that's everything I just preached. But I'm not telling you, I wouldn't want that job. I, w- I wouldn't want that job. And hey, but thank thank God there's been people that have been willing to take the criticism. And somebody's trying. I think he's trying. <laughs> I don't even want to get into that. I don't even want to get into that. But best way to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. But we're, we can't do that. We've got to do something. We've got to be something. We've got we've got to we've got to do we've got to try something. We've got to say something. And we just whatever happens. Don't quit. Keep going for God. So let's all stand together.